Frank, this episode of Phone Booth Fighting is brought to our loyal listeners by LowTNation.com. For all those guys who are uh, getting a little up there in age, you're not in your early 20s anymore, maybe you're in your late 30s, maybe you're easing into your 40s, you don't have the get up and go like you used to, but you want to get it back. That's where LowTNation.com comes in. What do they need to do? Well, you just give Brandon there a call over at LowTNation, and uh, he'll give a consultation for free on the phone. After that, if he decides that maybe the next steps are going to be necessary, you'll go down to a, a lab core. They have one in every state in the U.S. Doesn't matter where I live. No, it doesn't matter. They almost have them in almost every major city. Uh, you'll go down there. That's the most effort and uh, time-consuming or whole uh, endeavor. After that, they'll get your readings. A physician will look over it and be able to decide whether what you need to uh, make it to where you will be able to feel better, look better, and perform better. Uh, go to the website, lowtnation.com. The phone number is uh, right there. And then after that, the product is shipped directly to my doorstep, right? One of the most important aspects is not only getting the right medication at the right levels, but at consistent times to make sure you're not dipping and flying around. And uh, it's delivered right to your door. You don't have to continue to hold an appointment once a week, make it to the doctor. You just, uh, you know, you'll have it at the front door and it'll be taken care of from there. We are starting to see photographic evidence of this. When Brandon was in a couple of weeks ago, he brought photographs of uh, you guys, of the phone booth fighting listeners who have already benefited from LowTNation.com's treatment, and the results are evident. And we saw guys on the younger end of the spectrum. They had uh, He had one guy that was 62 years old. Uh, that looks uh, just in phenomenal uh, shape. So uh, you could be next. Give them a call. It uh, won't cost you anything to have that uh, telephone conversation with them and, and see about taking it from there. Go to lowtnation.com and uh, tell them Phone Booth Fighting sent you. Frank, we are uh, once again gathered together in the uh, Bent Pixel Studios here in suburban Las Vegas. Bent Pixels for all of your YouTube administration needs. They are the guys who uh, help us hold it together on our uh, YouTube platform, and uh, they do the same thing for uh, our buddies uh, Forrest Griffin and TJ Lavin with their Anything Goes podcast. Uh, they have uh, helped Fighter and the Kid. I, I got the reference originally from uh, our buddy Brendan Schaub. And uh, Bent Pixels has uh, been uh, hugely beneficial to us in terms of growing that YouTube presence. So if uh, you're like us and you have a need for that sort of thing, you should definitely visit bentpixels.com and uh, see if their service is right for you. We broadcast from their studios, and that's where we find ourselves. Once again, we have a big show coming up. We are going to uh, we're going to talk some boxing a little bit later on. We're going to talk some Frank Mir training camp a little bit later on with uh, some of the on that. principles that are involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all spent the day with Frank Mir training camp today. I uh, I even took the day off from the brothel to uh, to to be a more involved part of it. Day in the life of me. 
Um, we're going to talk about UFC uh, 222 that takes place this weekend. We're actually going to kick off the show with that because I was down at uh, Media Day at the uh, MGM Grand today talking to a couple of fighters. I talked to uh, Cyborg, Frankie Edgar, and uh, we're going to play that audio here in just a, a minute. Uh, I do want to make a quick uh, plug, Frank, for my comedy show this coming Sunday at the L.A. Comedy Club inside the Stratosphere Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. 8 p.m. this Sunday, if you're in town for the fights and you're still here on Sunday night, uh, come on out and see me. If you'd like to be on the guest list, uh, just hit me up. Email me uh, at uh, phoneboothfighting at gmail.com. How about that? Just tell me you want to be on the guest list, and I'll put you and your friends on there just because you are a listener to this program. Uh, that photo up there uh, on our big screen is uh, from last weekend, myself and uh, Eric Knowles. And we'll see, we'll see over there on the left is on um, uh, Modern Family. That club last weekend was as full as I've ever seen it. They brought it, they had to pull the chairs out of the dressing room. You've been in the dressing yeah. room, Frank, you've worked that club. They had to pull the chairs out of the dressing room because they had to put chairs in the middle of the aisle. They were turning people away at the door. Wow. It was a tremendous awesome. uh, night of comedy. So uh, let's see if we can do it two weeks in a row. If you're going to be out, let me know. You're on my guest list. Phoneboothfighting at gmail.com or any of the social media. Just hit me up. I'd love to have you out as uh, my guest. All right. Uh, Frank, uh, UFC 222 is this Saturday. It is maybe not the uh, card we were hoping we were going to get because I think a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be the season of super fights. Uh, of course, we've got Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miosic made champion versus champion. I think a lot of people were hoping they were going to get uh, on the female side uh, Cyborg uh, fighting Amanda Nunez, champion versus champion. And uh, that didn't end up happening. Maybe sometime in the future. But uh, instead, we are getting um, Chris Cyborg versus Yana Konetskawa. Uh, in fact, uh, if uh, you want to there, uh, Mikey, pull up the uh, the UFC card. Just go to UFC. Well, actually, we won't, we'll just do that. Um the uh, actually, I tell you, before you do that, pull up. But just go to UFC.com and pull up the uh, the card. We'll go back to the photos here in a second because I did uh, get a chance to visit with uh, Cyborg for a minute. But this fight, Frank, uh, if you are uh, not particularly uh, familiar with Yana Kunitskawa, uh don't feel bad because it just means maybe you haven't uh, been watching a ton of Invicta. Although I do, so I was familiar with her. But uh, she has. Uh, Claim their vacant bantamweight title over there. Yep, there she is. Um, she fought Tanya Evinger a pair of times. If you remember, we talked about it because the first time she fought Tanya Evinger, it was controversial because uh, Evinger uh, had, or Kunitskawa had Evinger in an armbar. And Evinger put her foot on Yana's face to break the arm bar. Didn't stomp on her. It was standing. Uh, uh, Tanya was standing. She didn't stomp on her head, but she braced, pushed yeah, pushed off of it, which is legal. The referee mistakenly called it illegal, and I believe as it went, reset the submission hold, and then Tanya ended up submitting. I think that was eventually turned over to a no contest. They rematched. Tanya uh, won the rematch. Now, in her most recent fight, in Invicta, she claimed the vacant bantamweight title, 
But here's what Yana has going against her. She is, uh, well, before I get to what's got going against her, her uh, background, she's uh, Russian. She's been training uh, mixed martial arts since a very young age. She has a, a boxing background, but uh, I believe has been training since something like age 12. So uh, pretty seasoned fighter, but moving up in weight to take on Cyborg at 145. Um brought into this fight on somewhat shorter notice because the Amanda Nunez fight couldn't be made. Um, there are a lot of reasons for her to be the underdog in this fight. It's uh, conversely uh, n- not going to be a maybe a huge win for Cyborg if she wins because she's coming into this being such a favorite, but certainly plenty to lose if she were to be upset by uh, Kunitskawa. So, uh, you know, I don't see this as being the fight that's going to dethrone Cyborg. Um, any any thoughts to the contrary? No, I wish I would have a little bit more information on Yana. I could give yeah. a little bit more of an intellectual or intelligent uh, feedback. So I'm just going to have to go off of what you said. I, this will be the first time I've seen Yana fight. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where even with a, 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 a professional-level skill set, I think that all the things that make Cyborg Cyborg, you know, the size, the power, the experience, those are things that uh, not a lot of fighters have answers for. But but and in this case, I don't think uh, Kanetskawa uh, has answers for that either. But let's listen to a little bit of Cyborg. I did uh, get a chance to talk with her today, and uh, here's what she had to tell me. Chris, you're the champion of a newer division that hasn't had as much time to get as many fighters into it. Of course, we're seeing a situation now where somebody comes from an Invicta background outside the organization. Does that, uh, do you have to then, as the champion of the women's featherweight division, keep more of an eye outside of the UFC to see who might be coming in as opposed to maybe the way some other champions do? You know, for me, I think I have to continue training, but I think UFC now try and find the girls 145 because this is something I really asking for because I wanted to do my division continue growing. You know, I don't just just be defacing my my division. You know, and then okay, one day I want to retire, then I have a division, I have girls. I want to continue to open the door for all the women. You know, I fight a lot for the head of the division. Now I'm going to continue fight for helping more girls. And now if they open the door, I think the 145 pound is going to be the biggest, the, the biggest division in my category in the UFC because the girls are going to cut the 135 a lot. And because the new rules, the commission now, we have to be 10% closer weight. The week they fight, they have to be 10%, and the day you fight, they have to be 10%. If you go up too much, you have to change your division because it's health for your body. And I think this will be healthy for all the fighters, continue to fight long time, long term. Does the UFC communicate with you? Do they tell you that they're out there actively seeking to populate the women's featherweight division to, to fill it? Do you hear that from them? No, hear what? Uh, does the UFC communicate with you in terms of, do they talk to you about how they're out there trying to bring more women into the women's featherweight division? Then, then, then try, like they sign Megan Anderson, they have a girls, in it, but they have a, a girls in other event. But for sure, if they open the door, the girls are going to finish the contract, they're going to come to UFC, you know, it's a big platform, I think all the fighters are going to be there one day, and if you feel the opportunity open, for sure they're going to come. Less for me. Um, you know, this is the second big pay-per-view that, that you've headlined. And uh, is, is there a sense of satisfaction that the, there is a, the, the battle has been won where no one's questioning whether or not you could headline a big card anymore? That question's been answered. 
I think the, the last last the last fight with Hall, I think people really happy. I think people, but you know, people already follow my career a long time. When I fought Gina Carano, we make the biggest number too. I think the, all the, 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 my fans follow me from the strike force, come and continue following me all my career, and I feel just very blessed that all my fans love to watch me. There we go. That's Cyborg. Um, you know, I, I think, Frank, and that, that last question that I asked her, I really think that, you know, after seeing her in that fight with Holly Holm, which was, you know, I mean, she won, uh, but it was competitive. We saw her main event. Um, that all these questions, I remember when these questions used to be asked about when the UFC would debate, should we even sign Cyborg? And if we did sign her, would enough people know who she was or could she carry, you know, back then it was a Ronda Rousey show. You know, it was all about trying to make that fight. Now, Ronda Rousey is not uh, fighting in, in the UFC anymore. And I think Cyborg has come in and shown herself to be a bona fide star. I think if there's a challenge to sell on this pay-per-view on Saturday night, it's not because Cyborg is headlining it. It's just that enough might not be known about her opponent. I 100% agree with you. I think Cyborg, you know, is the reason why they even created the division was because of so much attention she has. Yeah. I think that she's just as popular as Ronda as far as name value. Uh, the issue is, is that she just has no one on a dance partner. Yeah. And, uh, and many great fighters will tell you throughout the years that it takes that other person to really sell or to make a card or a fight memorable. You know, you always hear that what would Ali be without Frazier, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the problem is that there is no other fighter at 45. You're, you're having girls move up in weight class. Um, there is no competition for it. It's almost kind of like it's uh, it's a foregone conclusion in most people's minds that before she walks in there, she's going to be the victorious or be victorious. Yeah, she may have to just be patient and be there uh, long enough for the the buildup of other potential stars to catch up with her. That's that's the problem right now with the women's featherweight division. To me, if we can go back to our UFC card here, uh, Mikey. To me, the 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 real uh, intriguing fight is going to be the uh, co-main event, which is Frankie Edgar against Brian Ortega. Now, this fight was originally supposed to be Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway for the featherweight title. I mean, that's a fight that I think everybody wanted to see. Holloway got hurt. Uh, Frankie, who is the number two challenger for the featherweight title, could have easily just set out and uh, waited for his title shot. He's basically putting his title shot on the line here against number three ranked Brian Ortega, T-City, unnecessarily because he could just sit out. But to Frankie's credit, he wants to stay active. He wants to stay busy. And I, I think this is a uh, real sleeper of a fight. And it's sleeper only in the sense that uh, I don't think people have to be sold on the idea of watching Frankie Edgar. But Brian Ortega... Uh, is a uh, submission specialist. He's t the T in T-City is for triangle, triangle city. He's got a, a real tight triangle uh, and uh, I, I think a real uh, up-and-coming fighter. I don't know that on Saturday night he is able to get past uh, Frankie Edgar at this point in his career, but uh, nonetheless, nothing wrong with uh, with this fight as a, a last minute replacement. Go ahead, and uh, I got a couple of questions in with uh, Frankie Edgar. Go and play those, Mikey. In terms of uh, taking a compelling fight like this and staying active versus waiting for a title fight, with all the prevalency of the interim belts these days, do you think that fans are appreciating? Uh, 
taking compelling fights versus maybe the title fight's not meaning as much with so many interims? Yeah, I think fans just want to see us fight, you know. My fans don't want to see me not fight, you know. Um, maybe some of my friends are telling me to wait shit, you know. What are you doing? Wait, man. But uh, they're not me. So, uh, no, I think the real fans just want to see guys fight. You know, they want to see good fights. Titles, you know, with all these interim stuff and everything and, and people picking and choosing nowadays is... Uh, it's definitely, you know, put a little bit of a stain, I think, on this sport. So, you know, if I can go out there and just put on shows for everybody, that, that, that's, that's a good thing. With Ortega being known for his, for his triangle, for his submission skills, do you see any quality with him being a little bit of a throwback fighter in the sense of having that particular specialty, you know, something we, we maybe don't see so much anymore? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, this sport was founded on, on that type of style, like a like Hoist Gracie, you know, and, uh, you know, he is a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu guy, kind of like myself. Um, so, yeah, I do kind of consider him a throwback a little bit. Plus, he seems like not like these young guys that are, you know, willing to get on the mic and cut a promo. He just kind of lets his, his, uh, his fighting do his talking. You know, it seems like a respectful, old-school kind of guy, and, and you got to respect that. You're a cardio king. Uh, do you think that uh, uh, he's able to hang with you no problem, or have you seen anything uh, in uh, watching his fights that makes you think he might be a different kind of cardio test for him? Yeah, you know, I don't really ever look at someone else and say, I'm, you know, my cardio is going to be better than their cardio. I just know that my cardio is going to be good. I worry about my, you know, I just know I'm ready, I'm ready to go 100% foot in the gas all the way through. Uh, you talked about uh, it's Frankie Edgar there. Kinda... Always fun to watch Frank, Frankie Edgar. Nothing wrong with, uh, with that fight. But I would really love to see him in Holloway. So I hope that fight doesn't. It's like, it's like when we've lost uh, Khabib and Tony Ferguson before you know i just it, okay i understand maybe somebody gets hurt maybe somebody's got to fight somebody else but let's just hope that that eventuality somehow uh stays intact have you seen much of brian ortega no another fighter i haven't seen a lot of yeah 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 he's uh he's he's a really solid up-and-comer and then uh uh, uh, I also uh, talked for a second with uh, Mike Pyle. This is the last audio clip we'll hear. But did you know that Mike Pyle, do you know him very well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been around forever. Yep. Uh, he is 42 years old. Uh, Saturday night is going to be his 42nd fight. It's going to be his last fight. He's announcing his retirement. He actually hasn't fought in about a year, or a little longer, I believe. But uh, And he suffered a bad knockout the last time so and i think the fight before that he got knocked out as well so it's kind of one of those things i think where a lot of people thought he might have already been retired after the knockouts but he did want uh one more uh shot at it so uh a way to kind of go out in his uh uh adopted hometown here of uh las vegas so uh, here's me talking to mike Pyle about uh the, his uh, 42nd and very last fight of his career uh, UFC uh, 122. Uh, Mike, big night, Saturday mm -hmm. night. Uh, you've already announced that this is going to be your last uh, yep. fight. Um, we talk all the time with fighters, especially veteran fighters, about, okay, so-and-so has announced they're going to retire. What are your thoughts on announcing it ahead of time versus, you know, being spontaneous about it? Did you have any opinions about that in the years past, you know, when you've watched other fighters be in this position? No, not at all. Um, I, it's... I wanted to bring everyone with the journey, you know. It's been a great journey throughout my career, so why not bring the fans and everyone else, the coaching staff, everybody, you know, it's known that this is going to be the last one and everybody come along for the ride and no uh, spontaneous decisions. This was decided a while back, so, yeah, yeah just wanted to bring everybody along. Does it feel any, you know, watching guys do this throughout the years, you've been around so long, does it... 
does it feel any different than you thought it might be watching maybe a lot of your friends be in that position beforehand? Um, I mean, it definitely feels different. It's a great feeling. It's a, it's a feeling I never had, obviously, because I never retired before. But this is a, this whole ride through this camp has been great. So relaxed about it all. Just I just know where the end is. It, I'm making the decisions. I I I made the decision. You know. Yeah. So I like it. I like it on my terms. One of the things that's uh, that's always said about you, and I'm I'm sure you've heard it, is that uh, that that in the gym, uh, you're one of the toughest guys anybody's uh, mm-hmm. ever encountered. Uh, do you like the fact that there's kind of a uh, a myth, a legend, not a myth, but a sure. legend sure. Uh, like that that's been able to follow you? It's not necessarily there's not a title belt that comes sure. with it, but there's an awful lot of respect that comes with it. it Sense is. of accomplishment there? Definitely, definitely. You know, I'm a, I'm a pioneer of the sport. Um, and yeah, you get if you if you peg that, then you are. As long as I'm not <clears throat> pegged as an asshole. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what about the arc of, of MMA? Because you were there for you know no holds barred. You, mm-hmm. You've seen the arc. You've seen the popularity. Anything now at, at the end of your career that you've seen that maybe looks like it's circled back a little bit at all? Anything anything new that anything uh, old that seems new again? Maybe. You mean technique wise and things either, like either that? Technique wise, uh, uh, popularity wise, any, any kind no. of thing that reminds you of the old days. Do you think it's just been a constant? Oh, it's been a constant. Yeah, it's been, yeah, definitely been a constant thing. Yeah, moving. Yeah, no, yes. no doubt. I'm glad to be a part of that. You know, yeah. seeing the the changes in the uh, the coaching, how the how the fighters that's been there and done that are now coaching and have a, a great perspective on things and, and a great way to approach things and and uh and you can see you know you can see that in the in the, in the fighters now and everything's more well uh well-rounded in the training rather than just boxing you know, it's, you know all the all the progressions that we've seen over the years um and that i've got to see personally over the years yeah so yeah i can see all those changes moving forward definitely right, we're good there I got in a uh, couple more questions with him, but uh, Mike Pyle, I've always liked watching Mike Pyle fight. It's amazing to realize how long he's been around when you really look back on it. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see him go out on a on a win. You know, where do you fall on that, Frank? I, we've talked about it before, but the idea of you know, a lot of people say, oh, gosh, if you already got one foot out the door, if you're already saying, you know, this is probably going to be the last one, then you're probably – you know, your odds of winning are greatly diminished. Do you think there can be a scenario where a guy says it's the last, it's definitely the last, everything's, you know, planned out, but they go in and still have a 100% competitive chance? Uh, you know what? I think in the past I wouldn't have thought that. I thought it was a bad idea to retire before you have your last fight. Yeah. But uh, being around Pyle over at Dolce's gym, seeing his training going up and, and just his, just a, his air of confidence and just the way he's carrying himself. And then even just right now, listening to that interview, um, you see somebody who actually is gaining confidence that they're kind of going out on their own terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that allows him to continue to fight super hard in the fight and give his best. But uh, I think um, it, there's... I'm actually feel that this is not a bad mindset for him to have. Yeah, I think this would be very conductive, or conducive to having a very strong uh, showing. All right. I also turned him on to the fact when we were off the air that he and I share the same birthday, September 18th. And I realized, remember how excited you were on that overnight car ride when we went to California and I turned you on to the story of Patty Hearst and the Sibonese yeah. Liberation Army and her abduction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, CNN just did this six-part documentary on it, which you've got to watch. Okay. Okay. You will be, even as much as I knew about it, I learned so much more about it. We need, you need to watch it, and we got to talk about it on the show. Because it is fascinating. All right, I'm in. But I discovered when I watched the documentary that she was actually arrested on Mike Powell's birthday. (laughs) So... I, turn, I told him to watch it, and maybe if we get both of you to watch it, he wants to come in and do the podcast. Maybe we'll have Mike Sounds Pyle good. in to talk about the Sibonese Liberation Army. Cool. All right, Frank, joining us in the Bent Pixel Studios for this segment, striking coach to the stars, Angelo Reyes, is back. And the sneaker black belt, your <laughs> sparring partner, James Horn, is here. Good to see you, James. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you guys a, having me on. A uh, recently converted vegan. So yeah, you uh, got him. Yeah, James and I about the nacho cheese vegan style. Yeah, James and I are uh, we're we're uh, we got that bond now. That's right. Yeah, that's we, right. The vegan bond. We see each other and hardcore <laughs> vegan tar- talk starts uh, breaking out. Yeah, and you have a teammate now. I do. I don't feel so bad now. Like when we're doing like we're talking yeah. about this Saturday after the kids wrestling tournament, I'm finally gonna go eat hamburgers and have a cheat meal for about an hour. Yeah. And, you know, hamburgers kind of leave you guys out. Normally yeah. in the past, I feel like, well, I'm not going to invite Richard. But now the two of you can yeah. That's right. team we'll bring up, our, go get some burgers, vegan yeah, stuff. Absolutely. We'll bring our vegan burgers. I, I, I like the fact how you go, I'm going to have a cheat meal for about an hour. Like you put a time limit on it. It's not yeah. per meal. You've seen me eat, right? Per hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's as much some as people get, get a cheat day. Yeah. I, I get a cheat hour. I get a lot of damage, dude. I'm only going to allow myself to eat for an hour. Yeah. If cows ever take over the world, yeah. I'm on the most wanted list. <laughs> well, uh, we are we are all together today because uh, I took the day off from work, uh, so the brothel had to do without me uh, to dedicate myself uh, to to, uh, to well, pot, team mirror and podcasting. Well, love ranch uh, ain't doing much anyways right now, right? That's right. It was a good time to take a day so off. Making signs. Yeah, one of our. Well, I don't hear Angelo, by the way. We may need to bring him. But I, I may, I may eat my words, but <laughs> we need to bring Angelo's level up a little bit, at least. Did you for hear right that now. audience? Yeah, They're bringing my level up for now. Yeah, yeah. You're on a probational increase <laughs> right now. Maybe, I like that. It's maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe his, man. Yeah, maybe his game comes up a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, one of our. Uh, we talked about this on the last episode, but the Love Ranch's license has been temporarily revoked oh, so wow, I'm in, wow. only having to concern myself with actually a third of the hookers that I normally have to concern myself with because at Alien we only have the five as opposed to the ten at Love Ranch. Oh, so, gotcha. yeah, exactly. I saw the picture you said they're making signs now. Right? They are. They're making signs uh, to in protest for hey, what, Just a real quick summary what happened. Why did, sure. So uh, thanks for uh, subscribing to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> James. And, this is our last uh, episode. Yeah. yeah. I and, uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, what happened was uh, you still got the vegan thing, man. Yeah, yeah. wait, man. What, 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 what Plant ha- <laughs> What happened was the uh, the fire marshal uh, found some uh, concerns, and it wasn't like there's exposed wiring or the ceilings falling in or anything. What had happened was part of the structure out there is modular housing. And if you make modifications after market to modular housing, you have to have you know approval, uh, inspections, and this sort of stuff. So our owner uh, is saying that those were done to to specs. The fire marshal is saying they weren't, but the the curveball in the whole thing is that uh, our owner is running for a political office out there. So, you know, you announce you're running for political office, you make political enemies, and lo and behold, two days later, you know, the fire marshal right. shows up when your uh, opponent may have, uh, you know, phoned in a complaint. Well, tell them what's weird. missing. 
what's, well, what's the infraction? Uh, what's um, the infraction that, uh, for the, the the code that was violated? Oh, oh, well, it's the 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 modular housing has to have a sticker on it. That's what you're on talking the about. Bottom right? of the thing where no one can see it. Yeah. there's a sticker that's missing. Yeah, that's what got to shut it down. Yeah, so wow. they got to crawl up underneath there, and if there's not a sticker, then we have to come up with a sticker. So, anyway, it's got <laughs> it's the so obvious. Yeah, yeah gotcha. it's, it's got the ladies all in a tizzy because uh, I, I to draw so uh, Frank could fully comprehend the magnitude of the situation. I said, Frank, this would be like getting booked on a fight card, and there's 18 fighters sitting around in a dressing room and no promoter's license. Like everybody's hands are wrapped, you know, you're ready right. to go, but no, no license to fight. No wow. license to fuck. Same problem. <laughs> yeah. Different terminology. Um, yeah, so anyway, so that's what's going on. That allowed me to have the day off with you guys, which I appreciate. Before we get into, we're actually going to we're gonna talk some boxing. It's a big boxing uh, weekend. We're going to talk about how Frank's training is going and everything. I asked uh, uh, Mikey, our producer, to bring up Frank's Instagram because we took this photo together today. Uh, that's uh, us and uh, Aaron there. Uh, he's uh, Dudgets on uh, Instagram, the five of us there. And we're replicating a solemn pose there. Why are we doing that, Frank? That's because our strength and conditioning coach, uh, Adrian, yeah. who's known as, uh, what is it? It's at uh, Aram. Yeah, Aram Strength. Strength, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, the day before when we all took a photo, um, can we pull that one up? That'll probably add to the humor. It's down. It's the first one on the left. Now, there we go. That's hilarious. So you see here, all of us are worked out real hard, trained, and I have a nice smile. Look at Reyes' smile. We got the Jits has a good smile going, and, and Horn there. Got, you know, all of us have, you know, we're all smiling. Yeah. And then there's Adrian. <laughs> he's like, what are, you, what are you mad about? What are you mad about? He's just sitting there. It looks like he's. I feel like we're about to be in a rap video or something. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what this looks like. This looks like when, uh, like the the DEA brings in some international fugitive. You're the four officers that have. <laughs> Absolutely. One hundred percent. We got him. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy with the thirty kilos of coke that we just busted. Absolutely. Yeah. He's getting extradited. He's not happy. Yeah. So, so go back to our photo there, the one we took uh, today in uh, homage to Adrian there. He yeah. couldn't make practice, so yeah. as a uh, customary suit, when you're not there, we bust your balls even worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Meanwhile, I look like the kid who forgot his gym bag. Um, but I wanted to uh, pull that, that, That's your tough guy pose, huh? Uh, <laughs> Is that your pose? You kind of look like you were just kind of flicking your hair out of your face right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing there. I was really wishing I had my rash guard on at that Reyes point. Reyes looks like we're about to have IS called on. <laughs> yeah, so I could look official. IS is coming. But I just wanted to point out, though, Frank, a couple of the comments on your Instagram. Look at uh, what the first comment. No, no, back up. The first comment there says, Richard Hunter is the best backpack guy in the business. And then the next comment after that says, that should be one of Frank's keys to victory, having the best backpack man in MMA. So people are starting to recognize they this overlooked niche aspect That's of right. the camp. You know? I told you we already had an incident early in camp when mm -hmm. you weren't there. No, I know. See? That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, th listen, there was a day in Asia, you're talking about like with Adrian, there was a day in age where, you know, somebody had to be the first MMA fighter to have a strength and conditioning coach. They didn't always have those. Yeah. And then the first successful guy had one, and then they're like, oh, now everybody's got to have one. That's right. And that's probably where we're going Breaking with Breaking new grounds, man. Probably where we're going with my uh, backpack specialty. <laughs> so, so it was a... Well, uh, you know we have it in boxing. I mean, Floyd's got one of the most famous backpack guys. Is, Till now. You know, yeah. Well. 
Yeah. What's okay. his name? Yeah. Uh, oh, David Le- Levi. But I mean, no one else knows it. Yeah. 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 Asked him. Yeah. 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 Mike. Everybody in the boxing world knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. Does he have any other roles, or is it just backpack? Well, just he carried backpack. a he carried a lot of money. Wait a minute, is he the backpack guy with the money that yes. goes strip clubs? Yeah, that's a little different than I think what Richard's going to be. Talking oh, about. okay. Oh, oh, okay. He's the guy that has to carry around that. So he he's less. He's more of a he's more like the Louis Vuitton purse guy. Yes. Right. Okay. Isn't yeah. that what what Connor picked up at the press conference? Well, Connor tried. But well, yeah. no, he took. Don't you remember he opened it up and he pulled whatever was that? See, right there, there was a guy, David Levi, who took his eye off of yeah. the backpack. See, that would never happen because no, I, I was would never my be, protein powder. No, I would never be out of possession <laughs> of the backpack. Exactly. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, I don't think like, David was in charge of the Toronto one. Oh, he yeah. had like his understudy. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> well, see, that's another thing too. Back I'm back. not one of these guys, Frank, and you know this. You're when not a when we worked out our terms. I don't farm this stuff out. I'm not like one of these guys who, yeah, my name is on it, but you only see me fight night, and the rest of the time you're dealing with one of my lackeys. No, no, I'm there. I'm there. To when do you have the hunter backpack, you yeah. get the hunter backpack. Yeah. That's right. Well, James, you, you're uh, uh, you Frank's longtime sparring partner, and uh, uh, I saw you guys rolling around today, so uh, uh, give, us a little, uh, give us a little layman's perspective here on uh, how, the, how the champ is looking. Oh, I think he's progressing great for this training camp. I think uh, he's right on schedule. Looks awesome, man. Every uh, training session, it's just looks better and better. And I think uh, Fedor's definitely going to have his hands full. Yes, that's the plan. Yeah, that's absolutely. Plan. Can we bring me up a little bit, by the way? Something about bringing James in made me, and I can't. My ego can't handle that. Yes, thank you. Okay, that sounds a lot better. Sorry, I'm producing on the fly here as we mix. All right, Angela. Now, uh, you, now you, can we? Can you, I just say this about James? Yeah. James is like bragging about himself. But I was just talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. We're, um, you know, being around the Pacquiao camp for so long. James is really like our our boo boy. He boo boy Fernandez is one of the most important people the Manny Pacquiao has in his entire camp. He was the confidant, the advisor. He was the guy that was getting hit a lot, you know, would hold mitts when Freddie wasn't around. And mm-hmm. He knew uh, Pacquiao's taekwondo background. I mean, like, all, all kinds of stuff. And, and and really, like, Jay, like, even on this camp, I'm, I started going, damn, dude, I didn't know you were that good with all of your, you know. Like, I mean, it's amazing to see him. This vegan stuff must really be working because your movements is, <laughs> is amazing. Like, I, like, on bottom, I'm like, Jesus. He was good guy. before he converted. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just saying, I'm impressed. No, nah, I appreciate impressed. that, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment. I'm yeah. just glad James hasn't uh, kicked my ass in all this time that I've known him because I just realized today, after you've, you've seen my stand-up a handful of times, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He pulls his shirt off today, and I realize he's got the only God can judge me tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Oh! Yeah. James yeah. deals with me. He'll deal with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, you find that funny, right? It's a clever observation. <laughs> It's a clever observation for those hey, who have seen my act. That, was, that, that wasn't on the list of topics when I was giving it to the topic list when I was coming on. No. I, man, I, I get it, man. I get that uh, not everyone sees it my way, so it's all good. But now that I'm a vegan, yes. I have another thing yeah. on top of it that not everyone sees my way. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah. That's so totally I'm, true. I'm really doing well when it comes to yeah. party conversations. Are you going to get a vegan tattoo? You still got a little space? I actually, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. You know, I think plant-based is more, yeah. you know, maybe vegan as fuck, something like that. You yeah. Know, I, I don't know. Vegan, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't, you know. I like that. Vegan as fuck. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to stay kind of thug. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Well, when you when you think of what that's going to be, uh, let me know because you know I don't have any tattoos. Maybe Uh-oh. I make that my first tattoo. All right, there we, we go. go together and get like a vegan themed tattoo. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's always a testament to how people are in our group. We can all have different thoughts and uh-huh. approaches on life. Yeah. You know, James is a Christian. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, yeah. and we never ever butt heads on that. There's times that the you're topic, not, <laughs> yeah. We get, you know, we'll broach the topic and you yeah. know, things are gonna go, but we've never left that conversation angry at each other. Never been mad, like, oh, so you think this? Yeah, well, that's how I take it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is how I look at it. And it's like, all right, cool, man. So, hey, uh, we're we gonna go eat, you yeah. know, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, you uh, you bring that up because. Um, you know what? I'm just jump into this right now. We're going to talk boxing here in a second, but that's I, I can't ignore a, a perfectly natural, uh, unscripted segue like that. So uh, we uh, on our last episode, and James, I know you weren't listening. Uh, on our last <laughs> episode, uh, we had uh, Tara Larosa on, who uh, okay. Invicta fighter. And uh, the primary reason we had her on was because she had some really strong opinions about the whole Parkland, Florida shooting. Uh, incident okay. Okay. and strong opinions in the sense of uh, she's a uh, she's a uh, an Alex Jones devotee and she was retweeting conspiracy theories about it and all that kind of stuff. So we had her on and uh, really to kind of talk about that. But of course, Frank, along the way, we start talking about well, what would be common sense reform, right? And you start talking about banning high capacity magazines. I mean, some ideas, some things like that. Whether or not an age limit should be raised. She talked about whether or not teachers should be armed. We got into all the bullet points of it. I actually left that conversation because I like Tara a lot talking to her. You and I haven't even talked about this, Frank. I actually left that conversation thinking, I hope we weren't, or me anyway, I hope I wasn't too kind of easy on her in terms of some of the conspiracy stuff because she didn't really, once we all started talking about it, she was just kind of like, well, it's just an interesting thought or it's something you hear people yeah. say. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't like going to the mat with no. it. And so I kind of left it. And so as I was driving home, I thought, boy, I hope people who listen to that don't think that it was too much of a free pass. Like I was worried that maybe it sounded too sort of just guns above everything else kind of yeah. uh, thing, right? Okay. But we got this email. So I want to read you this email and, and tell me what you think about this. Uh, this is from uh, Scott Tara. Scott, thanks for uh, emailing. He says, uh, I really enjoy the show, so thank you. I just wanted to opine about the gun control issues you discussed on your recent show. There are so many things to discuss, but here are just a few thoughts. One, I think that it's such a poor business acumen to ostracize your core audience, i.e., Your listeners are very pro-gun. Number two, why give an inch the left doesn't? Number three, uh, for instance, a 50 caliber weapon has never been used in in the commission of a crime other than arguably by the U.S. government. Number four, you want to talk about lobbyists in Washington. Uh, try checking out AI Pack. Uh, by far the most powerful and compromised of individuals, loyalty to a foreign country. And then the last one was, or his last point was, I could keep going and going, but by at least forwarding you this, my blood pressure has gone back down a little bit. Thanks, uh, Scott in Vacaville, California. Okay, so the reason that I bring this up, and I thought it was a great segue, because you were talking about different religious beliefs, being able to have the conversation, things like that. I I mean, you and I, Frank, have already talked at length about this over the years about 
the very point you just made and why we like having these conversations. But just to address some of these points, my first thought was when I saw the first point, which was I think it's a poor business decision to ostracize your core audience because your listeners are very pro-gun. Would that be the reason anyone would listen to us because they think we make good business decisions? Like, could that would that ever be the appeal? Like, has anybody ever come up to you and said, Frank, you're my favorite fighter because I think you're a good businessman? Well, yeah, no, I'm not quite seeing the correlation there, but I guess the meaning of what he's trying to say is that yeah. if we come off anti-gun, which yes. I'm obviously not an anti-gun individual. Not to me. Uh, that we could ostracize individuals from it. Right. All I was pretty much bringing that conversation is that you're right. There are guys on the left that don't want to give an inch. But I, I do think that us on the right could start making concessions to make oh. things a little bit more realistic. I really don't, you know, for right there when he says the 50 caliber, <clears throat> you're right. I don't know of anybody that's used a 50 caliber in, a, in an assault. Do you know anybody? Take that off the list. Well, but the high capacity magazines, I'm really, as I'm getting more into this conversation, I don't really see a reason for having, you know, there should be no reason you should be able to buy a 100 drum magazine. There has been many situations where I can point at an individual that shot at a mass shooting that because he was able to not have to reload his firearm with another magazine was able to cause a lot more damage, mm -hmm. more death. Whereas if he had to work with a 10 round magazine and reload, could he still kill as many people? Yeah, but he's gonna have to be trained. I'm going to make it more difficult for you. And I look at everything as statistics. It's like fighting. There's nothing I can do to guarantee that I'm gonna win a fight. But there's things I can do to up the percentages in my favor. Hmm. You know, there's no guarantee I'm not gonna have a heart <clears throat> attack. But if I smoke two, three packs of cigarettes every day, I eat hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and never even walk outside the door, I'm probably increasing the chances I'm going to have a heart attack. Right. So not that you know there's any perfect uh, uh, solution out there, but my thought is that if we both have this mentality that like, well, I'm not going to move an inch, you're not going to move an inch, we're going to have this. That, that's just not how conversations ever happen. I think mm -hmm. compromise and conversations occur with both people say, well, let me see where you're coming from. Could it work? Well, let's see the stats behind it. Let's look at the science behind what we're discussing. How often does that firearm actually being used cause fatalities? Could mm -hmm. it have been? Is there something we could have done? You know, uh, uh, like I'm not. I don't know if I'm so keen on the raising. For example, raising the the, the age limit of, of buying a firearm from 18 to 21. There's a lot of young guys that go out hunting. I think there's a ton more people that are 18 buying firearms for the right purposes than there are for people buying for malignant purposes. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be a scumbag to go hurt someone with a rifle, you can't buy it. You're 21. Well, they're going to buy it from somebody else, from a second person anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll probably acquire it illegally. So I'm not keen on that one because I, I think that that only really hinders the good guys who are the, the responsible gun owners of the world going out, waiting until they're 18. I remember when I was 18, I bought my first handgun. It was a good experience. I, I went and bought a Glock. It was a great thing. I really researched the firearm. I really wanted this particular Glock 21. You know, Everything about it was something that I had been looking forward to for many years as a, as a, as a teenager. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think that it's okay to have a conversation. I don't know why we have to get angry. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, all fair points for discussion, what you just said. But to me, I would, if I ever found myself harboring the thought, he's not saying what I'm thinking, and that pisses me off. 
I would be introspective about that. I would be concerned that I was having that thought. That I, In fact, I have the opposite reaction. If I go too long without hearing somebody say something I don't agree with, I start looking at what I'm listening to. And that, like, a lot of times, media coverage, things well, like that. Like, if I'm not hearing that, I'll, that, that's why I'll listen to Fox News. You know, I'll make sure I want to know what well, this other perspective is. And my always point to individuals to get too worked up in a conversation is if you really have a good factual base mm-hmm. uh, or a uh, base that you've built your, uh, your opinion off of, I have no problem, for example having a religious conversation with individuals i don't attack people i'm very okay with it hey bring something up if they ask me quite because religion can be a very sensitive subject i pretty much play defense the whole time i let Mm -hmm. someone else well if you want to bring up a point and and you really want to know what i think Mm -hmm. about it you can ask me if you don't i'm not going to let you Mm-hmm. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. And you I don't pull get, guard. You let yeah. them ground and, and I don't get off on hurting face. people's feelings. Yeah. I really don't. You yeah. know, sitting there and going, well, you know what you think. You know, well, hold on a second. That's really stupid because right. here I got A, B, C, D. And it's like, ah, why do that? But because I feel comfortable with my knowledge on the topic, and I'm always open to new insight, I always tell people, hey, if you show me something mm-hmm. that I'm not aware of, I'm in, man. You know? But if, you know, so I think that when you have information and you feel confident in what you feel about Mm -hmm. i think it disarms that anger yeah well and and for example uh i got this uh this this uh tweet a couple of weeks ago uh from uh belvin flipmonk uh he was responding to one of my tweets spoiler alert if you don't already follow me on twitter you will see some tweets that are critical of the president so uh that (laughs) happened on this particular day and uh, Belvin uh, tweeted back to me, and he just said, and he wouldn't call any names or anything. He just said, you know, if uh, if you weren't so critical of the president, you wouldn't uh, alienate your listeners who uh, ideologically disagree with you. But I responded to him, and I said, I do want listeners who I am reading my own tweet now. I do want listeners who ideologically disagree, but from those, I only want ones who have the stomach for debate no different than ideological differences in mma opinions if you can't defend your your position we're not for you like mma don't get mad at my attack work on your defense Hmm. you know what if we all went to jujitsu every day and and no one ever submitted you you know we'd be handing out black belts all day and guess what it wouldn't mean anything because none of us would have gotten better uh, because of it. And this guy retweeted that. So that was obviously a guy yeah. who, you know, appreciated my response. And, you know, I'm not, Scott may appreciate my response, yeah. too. Hopefully well, he does. Yeah, but really, the start of everything I've learned new in my life has always usually came from somebody else. Another mm-hmm. human being has said something to maybe contrary to what I said. And I'll look over at them and go, oh, that's interesting. I never thought mm-hmm. about it that way. And then it gives me the starting point to go research it. Information is uh, yeah. phenomenal on the internet now. You can find just about anything. You know, you used to have to go to Barnes Nobles or right. you know sit down, but now you can. You know, the touch of your fingers is all the information in the world. But it's other people's opinions and having conversation that kind of start growth. Mm-hmm. If you don't really, I mean, come on, really, you already know at this point in your life, there's nothing more you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. You're it. You've topped out. You know, uh, that's kind of a scary proposition. And you know, we could. I mean, to his point, we by being ourselves. We probably do not put business first. I'll give him that. I mean, and in more ways than one, like even just. Uh, it's a, funny a, someone that says that. It would be the same people to be like, well, you know, Trump is just not politically correct. 
So yeah. Wait a minute. Says so what's on. on his mind. So I can't say what's on my mind, but someone else. But you. But so you would want me to conform to popular thought process of whoever I feel like my fan base is. Yeah. So I can keep listeners clicking instead of actually speaking my mind. Yeah, because if we were going to design it that way, if we were sitting down and, you know, we, we haven't done our first episode yet and we're sitting down and going, okay, how do we, you know, really try to maximize this from a business perspective? I would go, okay, our demo is going to be white males, uh, 18 to 54. So, uh, first of all, let's don't, you know, nothing other than conservative politics. Frank, I know you're a gun guy, which is good. Let's talk about guns. But one thing, Frank, I know sometimes you say that there are common sense approaches to gun control don't bring that up just just go all the way to the right i'm going to completely conceal i'm going to be like a gay dude in the 50s i'm going to lead a completely double life wow uh i'm even gonna i'm not even gonna yeah i have a whole different look i'm gonna wear my camo when i come on here we have to take you down to the wife to get you to groomed up cut my hair in a mullet yeah i mean i'm gonna you know we could do all that but here's the thing you wouldn't get us because the whole way this show was born was out of a genuine friendship between the two of us and us having these conversations off the air and just saying, let's record them and share them. And you know what? There are a lot of loyal listeners out there who have been with us for since day one for a couple of years now. And we get new ones all the time and we appreciate you guys. But I know who, the, and so there are guys that disagree with us. I mean, me in particular, like our buddy Joe Cockrell. I mean, I just say, it's funny, my girlfriend Jennifer knows Joe's name now just from the constant Instagram debates and stuff like that. One of our best listeners. He and I completely, well, I mean, almost all the time, disagree on political stuff, but that's why he's listening. That's why I like yeah. having him listen, because we have that conversation. And then the, the one other thing I wanted to bring about Scott's email, was when he does, you know, when he says the, wait a second, you said the NRA is a, is a big political lobby, but what about, and then he points out one that's bigger, right? That's not answering the issue. It's like when I said to Tara, I said, do you have a problem with big political lobbies? Just a philosophical question, not NRA, not you know insurance, whatever. And she said, well, what about George Soros? What about the money he's putting in? But rather than play the what about game, just be able to say fundamentally, because I'll say it, that I have a problem with big political lobbies, whether they're on my side or whether they're on someone else's side. We need to get rid of all of that. And I think that's the point you and I were agreeing on on our that's last like episode. When you're a kid getting in trouble. If you can well, point something out that your brother did, yeah, what it's like, well, hold on a second, yeah, but, you know, but, you know, but, you know, hey, yeah. I might have drawn on the couch, but, you know, uh, yeah. Robbie over here, you know, he uh, he shaved the cat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, get the attention away from Divert me, but it doesn't attention. take away from the fact of what you did. No. Or what you are doing or what the situation is anytime there's a problem. That's not really a, 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 a debate yeah. uh, to be able to deflect from the situation and go, okay, yeah, 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 this might be a scumbag, but that's a bigger scumbag. It's like, well, but hold on a second. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to it. Let's one problem at a time this one's a problem yeah i mean you know try try uh applying that approach when you get pulled over by a cop you know he's writing up the ticket hey that what about that guy he's speeding that one well, what about this one uh, that no. one's picking up a hooker yeah <laughs> i'm writing you a ticket right now and i just i also think that it's interesting that because we focus on combat sports that honestly i see a tremendous correlation between 
following combat sports and following politics. And I always make that joke that, that to me they're kind of one and the same. But the, the same reasons they appeal to me strategically. I mean, the reasons I like to watch a, a, a jiu-jitsu tournament is the same reason that I like to watch discourse and debate is to see, okay, he's got him there. What's the comeback going to be? How's he going to work around this? How's he going to try to defend that point? So, I don't know. I just uh, hopefully uh, – uh, I mean, I, 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 I like the fact – Scott said – you know, uh, ostracized, but to me, we engaged him because he was listening and he wrote the email. And then we read the email. Yeah, now he's fact, hearing his email read. Right. Now we're addressing the other organization he said? Oh, the uh, uh, AIPAC. No, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And now when we leave here, I have something to go you Google. You look it up, right. And I get to go information. Yeah. But I didn't get angry that Scott didn't like what we were saying. Right, I just right. listened to what he had to say. I go, okay, you know what? You're right. The 50 caliber thing, I don't know who was putting it on the table, but yeah. Yeah, take that off the table. No one's using 50 calibers to kill people right. you know, yeah. in the U.S. So probably not something that needs to be regulated. Other things that obviously that we can see in the news are being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's bring those back into the conversation. And then when he brought that up, I'm like, oh, I don't know much about that. Now I have something to go look up and, and find out about. That's the right approach. Scott uh, uh, was inspired to do that by our last episode. He wrote the email. We filled out a segment with it, and it kept Angelo off the mic. Our, our listeners now, now, are – he's a hero now, now, to these listeners. Now, here, when, when you were at the part where you were talking about the whole, if I'm listening or if you're quiet and you're, and you're listening, yeah. that means that you – you know, that you're either talking too much or maybe you're more correct or something like that. It was like an hour ago when you Yeah, said yeah, yeah. I'm a little okay. verbose, yeah. Okay. So I was just going to say was, this. That was Here. a good passive-aggressive okay. comeback, All by right. the way, too. I'm giving you shit, and you're like, it was something you said, I don't know, it was an hour ago. It's good, Angela. So here's here's my thing. Uh, I want to make sure I point out. Yeah. So does that mean that when we were driving to L.A. and I was arguing with you about the fact that Frank is actually the greatest heavyweight that the UFC had, when you were being quiet and listening to me, did that mean you were agreeing with every point I was making? No. I'll tell you what I was trying to do. I was trying to hear... Vinnie Vincent interviewed on the radio <laughs> because no one had heard from him in 25 years since he left Kiss, James. I mean, this interview, the guy was like the Howard Hughes of rock and roll, and he was about to be interviewed on the radio for the first time in, like, decades. Anybody heard? So, And I made the mistake. I made the – I committed the cardinal sin of suggesting that on that evening, if uh, Stipe Miosic, uh uh, beat Francis Ngannou, which he did, that by the time Stipe retires, he might be considered the greatest heavyweight of all time. And what happened? And you would have thought that I had just, that I was a traitor to my best friend so, over here. That I just, I thought for a minute I needed to call Frank and apologize to him. I was like, what did I do? But then I recall that two weeks earlier, Frank had made the same point. <laughs> I'm self-hating the decision. So, you you made the decision to do this in a in a road trip <laughs> with Angelo. So James, like, let me get this straight. Yeah. You were in a closed, yeah. small area. Because I took I've get been away. on a road trip with Angelo, we and we played tunes the whole time, oh, man. Yeah, as yeah. loud as I can. <laughs> well. You know, you, I'm just saying I brought out some really great stats. Did I not? Did. No, you did. You were okay, arguing stats. And so. let me just say this, champ. Should you win this entire Grand Prix, which, you know, of course, I'm always the positive one here. But let's say it happens. All right. Okay. I am going to really rip into anyone who says yeah. not the greatest. We'll all hear from him. 
I want an entire show dedicated to me just saying greatest heavyweight ever. We'll all be doing that thing. Did I, ever, I don't even know if I've told Angela this story or not. I was uh, I was at a press conference, uh, or the, it was a post-fight deal for one of the USC's, and uh, we all sit in this banquet room, and the fighters come in, they sit on the dais, and we interview them, and there's like rows of tables we all sit at with our laptops there. So we're waiting for the fighters to come in. We're all sitting there at our laptops, and um, – I don't remember, I'm sorry, Angela, I don't remember what prediction you had gotten correct, but you had predicted an outcome and it had come to fruition that night. It was Michael Bisping over Anderson Silva. Might have been, might have been that one. No, no, I was there live. It was was the one I would have been live for. But anyway, whatever it was, you had correctly predicted it and I got a text message from you. And I'm sitting there and I go, uh, uh, I, I said aloud, Boy, Angelo, I knew I'd be hearing from you or something like that on that prediction. And without anybody turning their their back, <laughs> turning around to me, there's like two rows of MMA journalists in front of me. Everybody still got their back to me, work on their laptops. They hear me say it, and they all just hold up their phones <laughs> like this, like they had all just gotten the same one. <laughs> That's right. Do you put them in a group text? I do. Text Actually, I do. At times. At times when I really want to push all right, yeah. all right. So all right, with that, let's uh, segue to Angelo's segment here because uh, we have Angelo on to to uh, prime us for a big boxing weekend. It's going to be a big boxing yes. weekend. And uh, I'll tell you one good thing that, that did come out of that road trip with Angelo and I sharing a room was we got into a lot of hardcore boxing talk. Because yeah. I covered boxing before I got into He's MMA. Man. And That's I, what I And I, you know, I, I still love boxing and I try to pay as much attention to it as I can. As obviously, uh, with the number of MMA fights that there are to cover UFC alone uh, these days, that it's, it's hard to find time for it all. So, Angelo, tell us why this weekend is not just a big... UFC weekend with uh, UFC 222, but why it's also a big boxing weekend. So no disrespect to UFC 222, but it, you know it's a pay-per-view, right? So I, I honestly don't know if it's even going to hit the 200,000 pay-per-view buys. Um, you know, the Max Holloway falling out uh-huh. hurt it, but it also happens to fall on the weekend of one of the biggest boxing events of this year, both HBO and Showtime on their free network, as long as you subscribe to them, right. are showing uh, both big-time fights. Okay. Um, I'll just lightly touch upon the HBO one because I want to okay. talk more about the Showtime one. We'll lead with that So um, the HBO one is the return of Kovalev, mm-hmm. right? And Kovalev's fighting for, for a belt. And then on the co-main well, event... Well, wait a second. Uh, what, what weight class? Uh, 168. Okay. It's, uh, or I, I believe it might be... He might have moved up now to one. 75, okay. 175. Um, but I think the actual, the better fight of that one, not that I'm saying his opponent is uh, McCalkin, mm-hmm. um, you know, 21 wins. Calling McCalkin. Yeah. <laughs> no? But, uh, I mean, Sergey's supposed to win that fight. But mm-hmm. I think the better fight on that one will be the uh, the undercard, which is uh, Bivol versus uh, Sullivan Barrera. Mm-hmm. And Barrera is the guy who lost to uh, Andre Ward as the number one. Uh, contender for the IBF. Okay. So that'll be a really that'll, that'll be a really good match. But that's happening New York Madison Square Garden. Okay. Right across the way at Barclays Center yeah. is the biggest heavyweight fight of the year right now. All right, that sounds like is, something we need to know that's about. That's the one that everybody should be tuning in for. Tell us about that. It's uh, Deontay Wilder, mm-hmm. 39 and 0, mm-hmm. 38 knockouts. Mm-hmm. And I, be- I believe he has knocked out now every opponent he has faced because his one non-knockout was Bermain Stavrun, mm-hmm. and then he knocked him out in the first round on his last fight. So he so, avenged that. Yeah, okay. So there's the man right there, 6'7". Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His coach is an Olympic gold medalist, Mark Breland. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But he is fighting 
maybe one of the greatest Cuban amateurs we've ever seen. Mm. And uh, Luis King Kong Ortiz over here, mm-hmm. 28-0, mm-hmm. 24 knockouts. What's that? One of the greatest Cuban heavyweight professionals. Yeah, but also one of the greatest Cuban uh, when he was an amateur. amateur. No, no, because no, he was three hundred and uh, hold on, I'll, g- I'll give you the stat you right got now. How many gold medalists in the heavyweight division from Cuba? No, no, no. Okay, Stevenson, but, Savant. Right, relax, man. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Look, look, Mister Argument Guy. I'm not arguing. I'm just pointing out there was some. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's just hard because Cuba on the amateur level for I mean through the '70s and '80s right. had the best heavyweights. So you know how we talked about like Rigondeau. And yeah, I got all those wins, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and the amateurs. And then we talk about uh, um, our guy, Lomachenko. Right. Tons of wins, right? 343 wins in the amateurs. This dude's badass, man. He didn't even turn pro until he was like 30. And then he's smoking everyone, mm. right? So the, 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 hard, the hard thing that happens mm-hmm. with him is um, there were some uh, TRT issues. Uh, so I think that's why they stripped his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's an Al Heyman guy now, mm-hmm. which I think helped in him getting this super fight with Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ring Magazine has um, Ortiz as the ranked number five heavyweight in the world, and Ring Magazine has Deontay Wilder as the ranked number two heavyweight in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why this matters, too, for the phone boot fighting listeners is at the end of this month, we're going to see Anthony Joshua who is the number one heavyweight Mm -hmm. in the world, and he holds the majority of the belts. He's the one that just beat Vladimir Klitschko and what could possibly be the greatest heavyweight fight we've seen in the last, you know, decade at least, right? Um, Yeah, Mm 90,000 seats, the whole bit. Uh, And he's fighting the the WBO champion who trains here in Vegas, uh, jo- uh, Joseph Parker mm-hmm. um, from New Zealand, right? So that's a big unification. So the the ideal scenario for the boxing world would be Anthony Joshua wins. He's undefeated. He's the big ticket seller, okay. world heavyweight champion, fighting the now. If he does beat Ortiz, he would be forty. You know. Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder mm. in this huge super fight that could be not just one fight, but it could be like kind of like a Ali Frazier of our generation okay. type type event. So that's what we're what we're, yep. uh, that's what we're all waiting yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes this fight a must watch is this guy, mm-hmm. even though he's thirty eight. Uh, bl- uh, yeah, I looked up Bloody Elbow. Bloody Elbow has Ortiz winning by knockout. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're about to find out how good Wilder really is. So between Ortiz and Wilder, two undefeated records, uh, what, what was it, 30? 39-0 30, with 38 knockouts. Yeah. This is Wilder. And the other? 28-0 with 24 knockouts. Okay, so is, so is, is, is. 70-ish fights between them, all victories, almost all knockouts. Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the question you always have to ask in boxing, so the question I'll pose to you. How legit are those records? So out of the 30 or out of the 40, how many of those are, I mean, can we say uh, the first 10 were, you know, not super top quality, or, or am I wrong? Is this no, like no, no, totally no. I legit record? I mean, this is heavyweight boxing. Yeah. And, and again, as you know, like you said, it's not like an MMA where you could build up people's records. And, yeah. And, uh, in boxing, there is that that step up and kind of like minor leagues yeah, leading right. up to the major leagues. Um, but... In all reality, I mean, Anthony Joshua, the reason why he's now considered, okay, man, you're on the cusp of being one of the best is because he beat Klitschko, Mm -hmm. and he didn't beat a crappy Klitschko. That Klitschko would have beaten anyone else that night. And he and Joshua's the one that got up from 
a not basically a knockout. Mm-hmm. He got up from that, came back to win. So that's why everybody's high on yeah. on Joshua. Sure, we haven't had that moment with Wilder yet, mm-hmm. and this is the guy that could give him that moment. Mm-hmm. He's southpaw. He's mm-hmm. crafty, very accurate. Great body punching, great straight left. I mean, so we get a great fight uh, between Ortiz and Wilder, at least on paper, and the added uh, intrigue of the winner then having a clear path for uh, Joshua. If Joshua beats Joseph Parker, yes, and that's the other thing that we don't know too. Is, okay. I mean, you know, it's easy and that to, fight happens when? Uh, March thirty first. Okay, and that's also, um, uh, I believe, that'll be on on Showtime. Yeah. Uh, also, but um, but yeah, no. I mean, this is what Showtime does now. You know, Showtime pretty much. I mean, you you've been into boxing forever, so now you know that the powerhouse really is Showtime boxing. Yeah, I mean, and, there's been and, a changing of the guard yes, with that because yeah. uh, ten, fifteen years ago, HBO definitely had the advantage yeah. there, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's why, like, again, free TV. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a great match if you actually want to see two skilled heavyweights that will show you great boxing positioning on top of the chance that a knockout could happen. This is the fight to see, man. It's like a it's like watching a time bomb go off. All right. Well, I I like the fact that there is uh, there's more violence for me to watch on TV this weekend. That's <laughs> that's the encouragement I've gotten from can, you. Now, can I ask you, Chip? Like, who do you think is going to win that one? Just you know, honestly, I mean, uh, Dante is extremely powerful. I just think the experience of Ortiz is actually going to sleep on people. I think a lot of people don't realize how good uh, Luis is, and I'm actually thinking the Cubans going to pull it off. So he's picking the nationalistic. Pick. I'm being a homer. Two, yeah. He's mm-hmm. being a homer. What, do you, what about you, Richard Hunter, who has been in such great fights live, like De La Hoya Mayweather? I, you know, I don't know if I can really make an educated pick here. I mean, I've I've seen more of Wilder, but you know, I've learned again. I've learned the lesson of picking somebody just because I'm more familiar with them yeah. as opposed to them being a, an unknown. So, I mean, okay. we've actually so got some of that to away. talk and about. And actually, what's but, Wilder's reach? Uh, it's shorter. It's one inch shorter yeah. than uh, than Victor uh, than and, Luis. That Vinci, might be sorry. the first time Wilder in his fight has, has ever fought yeah. somebody mm-hmm. that has I'd, a longer reach than him. I mean, factors yeah. like that count. I right. mean, you know, uh, Dante is built. I mean, he's you know six foot five, about two twenty five. The guy could have played any sport he wanted to. Yeah. You know? I mean, the guy's a phenomenal athlete. But you know, I think his athleticism helps him a lot in the boxing matches. Yes, mm-hmm. you're absolutely Whereas right. While or with Ortiz is a bear of a guy yes. hits hard yes. but i think he's more experienced as a boxer mm-hmm. yes. he's just he's had more rounds man yeah, you know? yeah. Just, very I mean, technical yeah yeah how very. does he do against left-handers because you said well see that's be, the thing is yeah. we don't know how well wilder will really do because this guy's a for real yeah. southpaw and yeah. he's i mean 343 wins man yeah. you don't just like shake a stick at 343 amateur wins yeah. you know and then plus he he has 28 no 24 well, like the fellow stevenson who won three gold medals and, oh uh, yes i guess okay. i got you yes <laughs> not to take us off topic but i've always wondered about that expression that angelo just used my grandfather used to say that too and it's like i wonder if anyone ever did if there was somebody who made an original claim where they were kind of overselling it you know what i mean like you know uh, i haven't i haven't had a drink in two days and somebody literally took a stick and just shook it at him <laughs> where does that sign of disapproval yeah, yeah. shake a stick at it yeah that's nothing that to shake a stick at yeah that's like that's a, something a, you can shake uh, a stick. we're gonna look yeah. that up i'm sure somewhere on the internet i'd like to have a stick like that that i just do that whenever yeah, you says, love to judge yeah yeah i'll just that's yeah I'll, I'll judge you with my stick when i shake it at you i do love to judge i yes. know you do yeah <laughs> 
Hey, right. so I was going to say, too, unlike yeah. uh, Coach James Horn over here, mm-hmm. I do listen to the podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank and you. I heard what you said, you little bastard. Challenge accepted. Oh, what was the challenge? So, I'm gonna try so to drop him. He's, he's trying to him. drop me into the oh, body. Yes, yes. Now you were. Now you. Uh, okay, uh, hang on, hang on. You, you can tell down, this is where down. you bring his mic down a little bit. I'm just saying. I think Angelo, I'll get it before the end. Of, Angelo I'll get you a, to take a knee before the end of this camp. Angelo <laughs> on a podcast is like when you hear the guy interviewed that did the sound for Pavarotti's concert, and they're like, you know, we didn't even have to put a mic on him. The voice was so powerful. He could just he could just hit those high notes, and it would reverberate throughout the arena. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's, yeah, I, I forgot what that are they fighting again? that challenge. Saturday, what time? Saturday, I know, but what time? Yeah. Barclay Center. Uh, you're going to be at dinner or something. It's at 7. <laughs> I'll expect updates. Yes, All right. I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks very much uh, for coming by. Everybody follow uh, Angelo on uh, Instagram, Angelo uh, Reyes Boxing. Yep. And then, of course, uh, the sneaker black belt oh, on Instagram. Do you like his photo with the sneaker black belt? Go click on the sneaker black belt. Click on sneaker black belt's Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not that's, very many people could do this. That's James's It was uh, the Instagram. shoes that gave him another extra power. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take a look at that. Mikey will uh, pull it up here. By the way, I was thinking that uh, I was thinking about James. Uh, you're the sneaker black belt. Yes. And I was thinking that uh, you know what? If I if if when I am uh, 72 years old and I finally get my black belt, I'm going to be the vegan black belt. The vegan. Oh, that's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. There you go. You see it? Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, there he is. Uh, arm barring frame. What are those? With. Wearing his sho- well, he's wearing shoes on the mat, right? Which is so those a are no no. He jumped those from the Jordans, ground out. Baby. You didn't yeah. see him touch the mat. What what, are, what edition Jordan? Jordan Eleven Lows Concords, which those came out about four or five years ago at this point. And as you can see, they look like they just came fresh out of the box. Can, yeah. I, can, can, can I ask you because you're really into the sneaker thing? Yeah. How much would those cost if we tried to buy it like on the? Uh, those the right now, probably, uh, I mean, I could look it up, but those probably, I'm guessing, they're probably 330, something like that, 350, Boom. something like that. Wow. Boom. Those aren't anything crazy. No. You are, no, James. He, he loves his shoes, man. Yeah. When we were in Australia. Yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> Almost hurt our friendship mm. because we got that eaten, and the the hotel was like a mile and a half away. Oh, that's right. I remember So this. I was like, eh, fuck it. I want to go for a walk. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you know, you just ate a meal. Let's just kind of stretch our legs out a little bit. Also, he stepped outside and it was raining. And he already didn't want to go for the walk. He's like, no, it looks like it's raining. No problem. So we're sitting there walking. It's raining. On, and he takes care of his shit immaculately, right? Yeah. So before you know it, James walks inside of a grocery store. He comes out with the, the grocery bags. With his shoes, like, like, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, th- these were Nike. He was walking. <laughs> these were Nike IDs, which means I went on Nike.com and I custom made yeah. them with you know my whole stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean. I so you got a pair of booties on, looking like your wife just hey. had a baby, and you came out of the delivery yeah. room, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, I yeah. mean, of course, I mean, I'm trying to relate and understand, but you know, yeah. Anybody that even knows me one little bit's like. So this, You're lucky this, my shoes match. So, so this will speak to Angelo's heritage. James, you are like the Imelda Marcos of jiu-jitsu. That's true. Right? That's true. With I shoe collection. You do have a lot of shoes, bro. Yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm wearing self-lacing shoes. They're actually mechanical. Oh, I saw him playing with this. I saw him playing right with this right earlier. So if I was wondering what that sound was. Okay, my so shoes actually. Shut the fuck up. How, how, how dope That's like those, some right? uh, Back to the Future, the right? Yeah. And it just laces, laces itself. So, so uh, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, James has, he's taking his shoe off, and he's hitting a button on the side. And when you say they're, do you mean the they laces? Lace, they they tighten. Yeah. Okay. 
So like, when you hit the button, yeah. When I put them on, yeah. When I hit the button over here, I'm like, I can't show it to everyone. Right, right. When I hit the button over here, yeah. Oh, I see that. You see how they tighten on my. Phone. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So they actually, when I put them on, yeah. Sorry, when I put the shoes on, yeah. They actually will sense my foot in the shoe, and then they tighten on their own. So as soon as I put them on, I don't have to push anything. Yeah. I just stand up. They sense my foot's in them, and they tighten. Is there any risk of mechanical malfunction <laughs> where they cinch on their own, they Keep tighten up, going, yeah. and, and before uh, the EMTs can get there, the blood's been cut off? So that is actually the number one question when people see these shoes. Yes. Like, well, what happens if they just keep tightening? Well, if they go on their own. What if you're having a nap? I say – Yeah is I'm going to be rich for a long time. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. yeah. I'm like, going to be living a good life. I don't need feet at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be okay without feet. So. All There's those shoes. Class action, yeah, yeah. personal injury lawsuit in his future. All right, James Horn and Angelo Reyes have been our guests. Thanks for coming by, guys. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Appreciate it. That's fine. Frank, uh, a big thank you to our guests who were in studio with us. Before we part company, though, tell everybody why there is an Amazon banner on the front of phoneboothfighting.com. Well, hey, it's a very easy way to help us out here at the show. Click through our Amazon banner on our webpage, phoneboothfighting.com, and by doing so, you'll be transferred over to the normal Amazon uh, uh, page, do all your shopping for your wants and needs, but a small percentage at no extra charge to you comes back to here at the show. Uh, also, you can uh, check out our other sponsors by clicking on the sponsor link uh, right there at phoneboothfighting.com. And any support that you show our sponsors also is a great way to support our show. You can also purchase your official Phone Booth Fighting merchandise at phoneboothfighting.com through the online store. Frank, tell them how to follow us on social media. Uh, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at Phone Booth Fighting. Snapchat or Twitter, just Phone Booth Fight. That's right. All right. Obviously, a big weekend of fights. We are going to see you guys on the other side. We'll uh, recap it all. Uh, uh, first episode of next week. I will be there live uh, at UFC 222 Saturday night. And uh, obviously, I have a lot of post-fight audio and perspective to bring back to the show uh, when we do that. All right. For Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter. Thanks to Mikey producing, doing a great job over there. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Phone Booth Fighting. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting.